Hey, friends and relatives. Um, this is about living with plants and the whys and wherefores. same thing as far as the plants care oh this is gonna be about living with them So, basically, this is why, um, this is a love letter to plants, basically. This is why I think, why I always have plants around in my house. There's a plant, Bodhi, I also name them. Um, you don't have to go that far. You don't have to name, but I find it's kind of like a joke, half joke, you know, joking, not joking, you know. It's like, um, I name my plants, so then it's almost like I'm investing them with personality or maybe I'm just discovering the personality dormant, or maybe a bit of both. Um, but it's also kind of like, you know, making fun of yourself, being like, you know, you know, telling them like, oh, how are you? You know, it's, it's good for them, right? To be like, yo, I love you, or you look beautiful. Apparently, they've studied that, but intuitively, feels right. Um, positive energy, you say I love you. Even the plant probably can feel those words, probably have an intrinsic energy to them. But at the very least, um, human the human brain picks that up and it puts us up in a more you know relaxed state then the the you know that changes our vibration and our magnetic field etc if you want to put it in very you know concrete materialist terms and the plant you know it's benefits from that but um so also i guess naming them is kind of a bit like that it's kind of this sweet kind of approach to them um but uh, it's also kind of interesting just thinking of names and stuff um and yeah make it a bit silly but um so yeah, like um, why to have plants. So yeah, I think just, uh, you know, we evolved in nature for, you know, a while, at least 6,000 years, um, probably a lot longer, um, definitely a lot longer. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, and we're always looking, we're always seeing plants everywhere. And then in the modern world, like, it's pretty easy to go without your naked foot actually touching the earth, which is very healthy, by the way, grounding highly recommend that um uh and then but then you know seeing trees and stuff you there's a lot of places in the world these days where you could go and you you won't see trees you know or you'll barely see any you know um point one percent it's like the trees are the one percent um but they don't deserve that they're friendly um even like one percent of one percent you know um so 
having them in your house, you know, that's a way of kind of rebalancing that, I guess. But um, yeah, so like you know, you you wake up, you're bleary eyed in the morning, and oh, there's a plant, or there's a bunch of plants. You just feel better, you know. You just ah, making a coffee, yeah, cool. If there were no plants, I'd feel much worse, you know. And I might not probably. Usually, I don't think about it, but I'm sure from experience like that, I do feel better when there's more plants. Also, it purifies the air. They release oxygen and take in CO2, so it's good for you. Um, Oh, and there's uh, certain plants, like I have um, Vinny at the top there, Vincent, who's a vine, <laughs> for example. Uh, he is a uh, English ivy, so he's filtering the air, like literally of like bacteria and stuff. They're very good. So if anyone, if you have that uh, mold in your house or something, as I used to, um, then, or just in general, you know, you want to kind of improve your air quality, I'm going to get a bunch more of them. That's on the cards because... I just want to improve the air quality, you know, and uh, yeah, and that is, you know, for your health long term, that's good, but also just, you know, helps you think more clearly, you know, when there's, you know, like, oh, someone in the summer and you're in a classroom or something and then someone opened the window, not just the heat, but the fresh air, even just in a musty room, you know, even if there's no heat, fresh air helps, right? So anyway, they're freshening the air for you. So, um, but then, you know, and then this is like a, well, actually, I'm not even sure, sure what he is, but anyway, um, and Whatever kinds, like I got a few cacti, you know, but mostly it's kind of more leafy green ones I like, you know. Um, uh, outside, I've got a bunch there, not too many, working on it. But um, I got an actual Christmas tree, it's like a tiny one uh, called Elijah. And uh, so, you know, I'm going to keep that and it's going to keep growing. And as, you know, my baby's growing and my family's growing, over time, all going well, you know, we're going to keep this tree. And Maybe eventually one day, you know, plant in the ground somewhere and it'll be, oh yeah, this tree has been here before you, <laughs> little one, you know. Um, and uh, so that's cool. You know, you, some of my plants I've had quite a while actually. Some I had to leave in Australia or Canada, but, um, uh, I, uh, you know, they're staying with me and I try and keep them like companions, like your entourage, you know. Uh, you're, you're, they've got your back, you know. And um, you've got no one else to talk to, don't have a dog. All right, talk to your plants, you know. Um, the good listeners, and um, so yeah, so they make you feel good. Just from the greenery and the beauty. Um, they purify your air. Um, they, you have to take care of them, right? So you will, you know, if there's some, like say, if there's a teenager and you want the teenager to learn responsibility, a good way would be like, all right, I want to give you, you know, some sort of privilege. Either tie it to a privilege or just, you know, say just as a test. That would be better, I guess, just intrinsic value, like ideally, if they can get into it. Here's a plant. I, um, I bet you can't take care of it. I bet you're not grown up enough to take care of this plant and keep it in good condition. Am I wrong? Make a game out of it or whatever, like, you know, tease them or whatever. And uh, think about, of course I can do that. You, all right, it just needs water and sunshine, right? Like, yeah, okay. And then it's, it's surprisingly easy to kill plants because it's like, oh, whoops, I was just thinking about myself for three weeks straight. I didn't really take care of this plant. I watered it once a week for three weeks. It should have been watered every two days. But I kept forgetting. And now it's dead. <laughs> now if I want another plant, I have to go buy another one. And you're like, oh, they're expendable. They're plants. But then at some point you realize that's kind of messed up, isn't it? Like I'm just like don't care about this life form even if it's more simple than humans. But um, uh, as far as we can tell, um, 
But um, although some shamans claim that the trees are like these really delicate, advanced beings, like plants, and that they can they can't incarnate in um, uh, kind of vessels as messy as a human vessel, for example, and so they uh, you know they they incarnate as like tree spirits and stuff, and that's like their consciousness flows into that organism and you know guides it or lives it, embodies it or whatever, um, and that they're like these lofty you know elvish beings or whatever. I don't know. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, taking care of them, um, and it, it's uh, a way of building responsibility and not just developing responsibility, um, which is good for you and for everyone else, even for selfish reasons, that's good for you to be responsible because you take care of yourself and you take care of others, then they're going to take care of you in the end, lo- um, love or, and selfishness kind of boil down to the same thing in terms of what's practical. If you really want to take care of yourself, take care of number one, then you know you should get into re- reciprocity. But um, so uh, not just for that, like you know, getting good habits, but uh, also it'll be like an alarm bell for if you're out of balance. So say you've got pretty good habits, yeah, you're taking care of them, and then oh, this plant isn't looking so healthy. Oh, um, oh, I guess I haven't been paying that much attention. I, I didn't really know. Oh my God, there's like uh, cobwebs on it. I didn't notice that. Oh, I think there's some insects doing something funky here. I need to clear that off and like spray it with water and, you know, take care of it. Oh, and oh my God, there's little ants all over here or whatever, you know, little baby flies in the soil or something. You'd be like, oh, I didn't notice. So it'd be like, you're not paying attention, you'll see it. Also, if you're not taking care of yourself, your plants are going to, you're going to see it in them before you see it in yourself. So it's a good guide rails thing. If you're like, how can I avoid myself going off the rails? have plants around you and they're going to start going yellow whenever you know you're one of those seasons the winter of your life is coming up and you're kind of you know too much chaos and you can't you're not managing yourself as well as you could and then if you you know put in the energy and you start taking care of them that same proactive disciplined leaning into life and paying attention and solving problems that's going to that momentum is going to leak over into how you deal with yourself and your your the rest of your life also. Mmm, tea's good. Thanks, plants. Um, so let's see. Uh, so yeah, that's another reason. Um, and then also, possibly through I think probably through like your vibrations and like your state of mind. If you're in a bad frame of mind, you will affect your plants, and so you'll also see it that way. So it's not just that they get badly affected and, and oh and you notice that you haven't been taking care of them, but also probably you will start to, before you start noticing like, oh, I'm hurting myself through um, being out of alignment or you know, with my Zen or whatever, you'll probably start to notice it with your plants first. Um, and then when they're really healthy, you know, that's not just that you're taking care of them really well, but I, for sure it's that. But I think probably it's also um, your vibration is just like, uh, or like your, your frame of mind, your embodying consciousness, even when you look at them, having pure consciousness, that's another level, but that's spirituality kind of thing, like getting outside your mind, then that's like nourishing. It's like incredible soul fertilizer for everything. Um, but uh, but yeah, when you're feeling good, then you, your plants will be thriving and so you can see that. Like, ah, oh, nice. Then you'll feel better because you look at these happy plants, you know. Um, if plants, yeah, so, uh, okay, um, yes, the spiritual thing, I guess it's kind of crazy. Like when you get out, when you learn to get outside your mind, at the beginning, it's like, I just want to be 
peaceful. Okay, I'm just suffering, you know, it's just life's a drag. Oh my God, you know? Um, and then when you find the door um, out of suffering, then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, why is this door here out of suffering? And where are we anyway? And what's going on? And then you start to get more metaphysical. And then, but you can notice like say, when you really look at a plant or at anyone, but like, I guess with plants, it's a bit easier. And that, you know, there's other things you could do it with, but plants is interesting because they're a life form and you can talk to them and you can play the music. And, you know, that's as far as I know, that helps them grow, you know? Um, and, you know, you, uh, so when you, you know, you're interacting with them, but they're very simple. It's like even simpler than like a pet, like a dog. People say, you know, or Eckhart Tolle says people love pets because they don't judge you. They're just unconditional love, you know, except for cats, you know, maniacs, you know. But, um, you know, like your pets, they just accept you and they, they love you and it's simple and you can be yourself. Whereas we're often trying to project an image at, even with people we really love and we're very close to. Um, and um, we're kind of terrified unconsciously, I guess, often that we'll be rejected or that we will, they won't like what they see or we won't like seeing them not liking what they see, you know? And, um, and yeah, so you, it can get kind of messy and, you, you know, you play these roles and try to be someone, but with, a, say, a pet or a plant, you're just yourself. Um, so that can be a good thing also for having plants, I guess. Um, but uh, like a companion plant. But um, also like the spirituality side, when you can get outside your mind and you can just look at a, a book, you look at a book on the shelf, some books, okay? Um, you're like, oh, this book is appearing in my mind, right? It's like it's going, light's hitting the book, it's bouncing into my eye and then it's forming a picture in my brain. But if you cut open my brain, say if I look at a book and it's, you know, turquoise, blue-green, if you cut open my brain, you're not going to find that color. So when I'm seeing the color turquoise, where is that happening? Where is the turquoise? Where is that qualia? You know, where is that um, occurring? Where does it exist? Some people say it doesn't exist, which I think is rather foolish. Um, but, you know, it's there in your experience. It's here. It exists. Or in a dream, it exists, you know. But where is that? So that's happening inside you, your consciousness. Um, so, and what it seems to be, I, this is all very mystical and mysterious. I don't know. But it seems to be like actually everything's here, like three-dimensional space is not some virtual reality in my head and then in your head you've got another virtual reality and when we think we're sharing space, we're not actually, you know, and it's just your your head, you've got a virtual reality, in my head I've got my own virtual reality where my brain reconstructs it, all the signals it gets, turns into ones and zeros, you know, and then turns it back into a, a picture in my head or whatever. But actually I think what's happening is the whole world is a mind and space itself is consciousness. Um, the universe is just consciousness and all the objects are occurring within it, like a dream, you know? The space in a dream, is that like 3D space? No, that's your consciousness. That's just when you're dreaming, you're there, right? Um, and you're not leaving your bed, but there's this whole world there, right? It's in your mind, in your consciousness. So I think when I look at a book and I see it, uh, you know, turquoise uh, cover of the book or whatever, um, then... That's that book is in consciousness space, and so is my body, and so is everything. And so, what's actually happening is that consciousness, which is the space, it is rising up through me, 
and spilling forth, possibly through my pineal gland, <laughs> I don't know, um, into the book. Or else perhaps it is um, just that somehow, God knows how this works, but like, the, it, like basically in a nutshell, when I see the book, it, my experience is like that I am the book. I am the space with, which holds the book, right? And so I see the book, and it's not like, oh, yeah, there's the book, and then I'm here. It's like there's no distance. It's like, yeah, there's a head here, there's a book there, and I am the, the mystical space of oneness in which everything is. So everyone is, right? This is God, the Godhead or whatever. Um, and so, you know, you can feel like, whoa, <laughs> I am the book, right? Um, and then, and I am more than that, I am the, the, the essence of the book, like the, the emptiness in which it exists and out of which it, it is const, um, constituted and into which it returns when it dissolves, but um, eventually. But uh, with plants, like you can really feel like you're looking at it and you're like, I am the plant. And you just look at it and you don't think, and then suddenly, oh, here is a, a head with no thoughts in it at the moment, and there's a body, and there's a room full of furniture, and there's a floor, and there's space, oxygen, and, you know, nitrogen and whatnot, air in it, um, and there is a plant in a pot um, not far from the body uh, whose head is facing towards it and whose eyes are looking at it. And it's like, it's not that, oh, I'm here and then the plant's there. It's like, no, like consciousness is holding all, all these things and um, I'm equally the plant as I am the person in that moment. And it's kind of, I guess, a way of connecting to that spiritual dimension where you can kind of just be the plant. And I think that's very healthy for them, it seems. When you just give them your attention and you just focus on them and you see them and you just have complete mental silence and you just let them feel your body so you can ground into that. It'll start like feeling like it's your body. Start with feeling like it's your body. But then you've, you're quieted down and the consciousness is just present. And by looking at the plant, you can start to even kind of feel you're feeling the present moment and you're looking at the plant and the plant is dominating your attention and it's almost like you can start to feel the plant and you can you are the plant, <laughs> you know? And um, of course you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can just look at different parts of it and just be there and just see what it is, you know, and this is a, a very, it's pretty enjoyable, uh, believe it or not. So that's one kind of, I guess, spiritual practice, the yoga of plants. Um, vegetable yoga. So then, okay, any other benefits before I talk about how to take care of plants? Um, I would say, well, they're cheap, actually, you know, they're not very expensive. Um, <clears throat> they look beautiful. Um, I'd say, yeah, you know, even if you think you're not interested in beauty, you're just interested in results, you know, Productivity, your ancestors evolved around plants and <clears throat> studies have shown, you know, people feel better when they're around plants, just, you know, objectively, um, not just subjectively. And, um, like, objectively, people report feeling better when they're in touch with green space or, you know, with plants in general. So even if you just want to, you know, go get her and you want to get results or something, then having plants is going to make you feel better and your mind's going to work better and you'll have less nonsense um, getting in between you and your goals. So that'd be, I guess, another reason to do it. Um, and 
Yeah, and uh, you know, in a time when a lot of green space is being, you know, uh, it's kind of controversial. Some people say green space is expanding, like what Bjorn Lomberg or who's that guy, um, Marion Tupi from Human Progress. Some people they say like, oh, actual green space is increasing these days. But I'm not sure if that's just um, green matter and like certain forests are growing more because there's more CO2 in the air, which is plant food. Um, like greenhouses pump you know, the air massively full of CO2, carbon dioxide, and it incredibly accelerates the plant growth, which is the other side of the whole climate change thing. It's like, well, CO2 is very good for plants, actually. And uh, the de desert is greening. The Sahara Desert is shrinking because seemingly partly because um, CO2, more CO2 in the air allows plants to retain more moisture apart from it helping them grow. Um, but anyway, whatever. Um, so uh, some people say, you know, there's more plants, matter in the earth. Some say less, but it's, you know, for sure, like the Amazon's being chopped down at a very alarming rate and that kind of thing. So let's just say at a time when a lot of humans aren't really appreciating nature and plants, I think it's a beautiful act to keep plants in your house as a kind of reverent connection to mother nature and yeah i think it kind of keeps your eye on the ball and keeps things kind of puts things in perspective pretty well all right so how to take care of plants so you have your plants you get them you can grow them for seed from seed but it's easier to just buy them and then plant them that's what i do um i have grown plants from seed oh for food also is amazing i, I at the moment i'm not but i will be uh soon um but uh, yeah, growing you can grow from seeds, but again, it's probably easy to grow. Just buy small plants, which nurseries have already, you know, grown from seed, and then they sell on, and that's easier to, you know, it's less complicated and less risky. Um, if you're paying attention, you can grow them from seed, and it's it's really cool growing growing through the whole life cycle. But I've done that, you know, and I could do it more, but generally I got other things on the cards. So okay, I, I go with just getting small plants. You get them, basic, and this could be pretty obvious. You can look it up on YouTube. You'll find someone explaining it better than me. But in a nutshell, you know, you have some pots. I like uh, terracotta, like, you know, kind of um, proper old pots. Or if I get plastic ones, I get ones that look like it, like this one here for Bodhi. That's that's just plastic. Um, but uh, it... Uh, is it pla uh, actually, no, that's a real one. Um, well, the big one out there is um, plastic. But uh, that's what I like. You know, it has the same feeling. But whatever you like, um, get your pots, you buy some plants, you get some potting mix or soil or earth, whatever. Um, if you want, you can get fertilizer. I'd recommend organic for all of these because just, you know, the pattern is in all these things, you know, people are like organic, who cares? And then you actually look at it and it just, everything's better. It avoids problems down the line. Oh, there's this problem with this thing. We didn't realize it comes from, you know, going, turning away from the kind of the patterns of nature general just for various reasons um organic stuff is healthier and uh you know it pays off and yeah i just like kind of that kind of living in alignment with um you know science and all technology is all amazing but like um say with plants and stuff getting organic things and organic soil there's a lot more life in it um there's a more, a more greater variety of sub you know nutrients and minerals in the soil and that kind of stuff and just in general, it's like a shortcut into, yeah, it's going to be better. You'll pay a bit more money, but it's going to be better. So ideally, I'll do that. But yeah, so you have your soil, fertilizer, um, if you want. Um, usually, it's a good idea every few weeks, I think, to fertilize your plants, although I don't always do it because I don't always fertilize myself, let's be honest, um, if that makes sense. Um, but uh, working on it, ladies and gentlemen. 
Um, and so, you, but the basic thing you need is a soil and a pot and your plants. And then, okay, wet, put the soil in the pot a bit, um, wet the soil usually just to get it, you know, so it'll be good for the roots once they're on top of it. Pop in your plant, fill in around the edges and maybe a bit on top. Um, probably tickle the plant a little bit after you put it so that, you know, it's kind of um, more open to the surrounding earth, you know, um, kind of a bit more loose, but not too much. Be gentle-ish and uh, pop it in the earth, fill it around the earth all around it, a bit on top if you want. And then... Um, Pat it down so it's nice and firmly in place, and then water it again, and put it in the sunshine. Some plants, you know, they benefit more indoors than outdoors. Um, some plants need a lot of sun. Some need it a bit. Some need very, very little. Um, some plants perform better when they're companions, like when they're near other ones. Like mysteriously, basil and tomato plants uh, are best buddies. Like not only do they taste incredible together, um, get a, a lump of mozzarella, real mozzarella. And, you know, put some basil and some quality tomato with it and just skewer it with, uh, with a little toothpick. Yum. Incredible. Um, but, uh, but also, yeah, they, they help each other growing um, for some reason. And so you can look up companion um, plant charts and that'll help you grow stuff better. It's like a bit where you position things. Um, so, yeah, basically that's it. And, you know, just you know, take care of them water them however much they need. In general, most plants, it's kind of like keep them moist. And so you water a little bit each day just to kind of keep the soil moist, but, but not too much. If it's too wet, it'll rot. If it's too dry, you know, it doesn't have water, it starts dying. Um, usually it seems to be beneficial to spray the leaves. Cacti, you like a cactus, uh, usually they don't like much water. So you could actually hurt them if you give them too much. So say there's a lot of moisture in Ireland. It's very humid. So my cactus here, I almost never touch it, <laughs> just occasionally give it water. I think it's getting water from the air usually. Um, but uh, yeah, and um, pest control, I don't use sprays or anything like that because again, it's not good for the earth. It's not good for the insects that eat the, that. And then say you're getting rid of bugs, you know, you're killing them with this uh, pest control stuff. Then birds are eating them before they die. Birds eat them and then the birds die. And there's a big collapse in the insect population and bird populations around the place. And a lot of that is connected to these um, chemical um, pesticides we've been using. So it's much better. If you've got weeds, just pour boiling water on them to kill them or pull them out. Um, and not boiling water, if it's in the earth, make sure it's not too close to your plant, which has its roots, just pull them out. But if you've got pavement, you know, and uh, there's weeds growing through them, just pour boiling water on them, and apparently it kills them. That's what my nana says she used to do. Um, and uh, side note for your dishes, you can use boiling water, which I do. And seem to be healthy enough um but uh yeah and so pest control that you can also get like say lady um birds like ladybugs um they eat a bunch of things and um the certain natural things like that which can be good for pest control um but yeah but in general you know when plants are healthy they they're their own chemists you know they can create chemicals like caffeine um, is a chemical which I believe basically is to disorient. Like you give that to an insect and they just get totally flustered. They don't know what's going on. And so that's the plants using, um, like, oh, we're getting eaten. All right. And they boost the production of caffeine or whatever, something, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, it makes the plant taste bad to the insect or disorient them. So they get kind of drunk and they wander off. And that way, you know, only a few leaves, which are like solar panels, have been um, 
they get energy, solar energy, and they turn it into sugar in a nutshell, so that the the plant can you know um, build itself, um, and um, then so uh, yeah, basically um, you know a few leaves are sacrificed, but the rest of the plants are okay, um, and they also signal to nearby plants that up. Oh, intruders you know watch out and the other plants start boosting their supplies even before the insects come which is pretty crazy if you want to look into um, plant intelligence look at michael pollen or pollen p-o-l-l-a-n he has uh, a great thing uh article essay um was it new york times i'm not sure but like um but about plant intelligence um that came out a few years ago and that's really amazing like um some of the stuff they found there's also a radio lab podcast about plant intelligence and it's just mind blowing. Talking about how they trade, um, you know, the the fungi like under the ground are like dissolving rocks and stuff to, to mine minerals, and then they trade it with the the plants up through the roots. They trade these minerals for sugar <laughs> from the um, like to build themselves, you know, to eat like with the, the plants. And the plants will like help each other, and the, and the they're in this ecosystem, and you know they trade resources with other plants. And apparently, plants will kind of prefer plants which are kind of relatives to them and but they do take care of the whole forest and pretty nuts some of this stuff um but anyway um so with your plant you know, yeah pest control if you notice bugs try to you know get them away from there pick them off or whatever or and weeds too weeds they'll take the resources from the plant you know so if you're like oh yeah but everything's life you know you know i don't want to kill that's the crazy thing about becoming like growing anything bringing life you know growing food or growing plants you realize death is a part of life and that oh, if I want these like plants to grow, I need to kill all these weeds. I need to pull them out because these weeds are used to, they're like the underdog, you know, they're used to just being, you know, oh, I don't provide anything useful to the humans. So they just ruthlessly um, uh, kill us. Um, so they need to be much more hardworking and kind of like efficient, only the most adaptive and very, um, vigorous growth growing things survive you know and that's over countless generations that's been happening um and so they will often grow faster than your plants um uh which are more like you know a rich kid you know who's got like a great future but maybe street smarts might need it you know to be taken care of a bit when they're a bit you know in their tender years um and uh so yeah they will if you don't pick them out they are going to start to dominate and there won't be enough resources for your plants and they're going to die so you know, you can have weeds or you can have your plants. You can't really have both. Um, and uh, so you pull them out just as they're young or whatever. And um, yeah, so then um, even with your plants, you know, if they've got dead leaves, pull them off usually because it's like dead weight, you know. Um, or if there's leaves that are dying, you know, if a plant's got a bunch of dead leaves, you can pull a bunch of them, them off um, so that you can focus on the healthy ones and growing new ones, you know. Um, then there's all kinds of other stuff, which I'm not really too, you know, professional on or anything. Um, uh, yeah. So you could look that up if you want, but in a nutshell, yeah, give them sunlight, water, fresh air, ideally, um, let open the doors. If they're inside, you know, open the doors regularly. So air circulates. Wind's also very good for them. It helps them get structures or even moving them around, giving a little ruffle every now and then, you know, um, helps them you know just kind of get more integrity and i guess strength um give them love of course like all beings need love um and 
Yeah, um, and yeah, if a plant's kind of getting sick, you can put them with the other plants, and it seems like it's good for them. <laughs> As someone said, you know, like once, uh, you know, like um, put put oh that plant's not looking so good. Put uh, put put him with his friends or whatever. Put it with his friends. Um, yeah, and what else? Um, yeah, okay. Um, one thing is also like say um, aloe, I have an aloe, I always have an aloe vera plant because I'm very pasty and pale. Um, I get sunburnt so easily. So I always like need like to have an aloe vera plant on hand and I'll give them comical names like um, I said Aloha Mora is the current one or Aloha for short. I had um, al, uh, aloe de vera <laughs> or um, al green, uh, uh, um, Amen, Amen aloe vera. Yeah, okay, you know can have good fun but um anyway and so you know you basically snap off a bit of that whenever you need it and you just break the sides and peel it in half and then you've got this perfect high quality um thing to heal you if you've got sunburn very good for your skin probably just in general good for your skin um and you can juice it and stuff i've never done that but anyway um so yeah growing f food like the food you grow is like the tastiest most delicious um healthiest food possible you know and you know exactly where it's come from and what's in it um you can grow flowers and make tea and from that you know um maybe flowers and dry them and roll them up and you know light them on fire if you want um but yeah so all kinds of good stuff with plants um let's see anything else um uh yeah yeah to kind of mix the soil over every now and then you know keep them a bit fresh um i kind of just scrub this you know like kind of turn the soil over a little bit just um and um you might if they're getting dust like my place is mysteriously quite dusty i think there's a lot of construction around so i think it, you get dust in the air unfortunately so i would just manually with my hands go and like you know wipe off the dust from these plants give them a spray after with water you know um so that's something you can help um and yeah all right that's enough you can look up the rest if you want but basically, it's a bit about like how to take care of plants and then more importantly, before that, um, why to have plants. And um, yeah, and I think like it's just, it's, it might seem like, oh, it's a bit of work, but it's really not much work at all. And you just get used to it very quickly. And I think God only knows what kind of amazing good fortune is going to come to you and good decisions you're going to make. As they say, um, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Who said that? Cicero, someone who I haven't read, but I saw it in a video game. And I was like, whoa, great quote. Um, so uh, shout out to Rome Total War. Um, but yeah, so I think, uh, you know, God only knows what kind of good things will come to you and you've got these plants and then you'll be like, if I didn't have these plants, um, if I didn't start getting into plants a few years ago, I wonder would this have happened, you know? There's all kinds of things where I feel like I've been in a good groove because I have these plants around me. So I'm very grateful. So thank you, plants. Um, let's have another, celebrate the plants with a little sip of red wine, fresh from the vine. And thank you, people. That's it. And um, much love. May you grow well. All right. See you next time.